And welcome back, or welcome for the first time, depending on who you are, to the Perth Football Podcast. My first time here at the final whistle, episode three. I'm Sean Fryer, your host. I'm joined by Josh Triant. Full-time whistle. Isn't that what I said? Full-time. No, final whistle. I said TFW, and we wanted FTW. FTW. It has to be FTW, because we need to have PFP, FTW, which is an acronym that I'm a bit annoyed you guys didn't lean into in the first couple of episodes quite hard enough you know like the kids say ftw I'm for just, the win i'm just glad you're excited about the name because uh I'm, I'm, I'm gonna i'm gonna claim credit for it i'm more excited about uh the conversation that we just had earlier we'll get to that producer Kalichi's back as well producer Kalichi, pleasure to have you alongside me you need to give him the microphone josh it's it is so school. good to be back producing and uh, just chipping in every now and then and making sure that the lines still happen. It's good to be back, Sean. It's good to have you back as well. Good to have the energy back. Kalicho Sun were always about the lines. And, uh, yeah, it's good to be back. Wow. <laughs> and I'll be all about the vibes. Because, look, I listened to the first, I listened to the first Kale- couple. Kalicho, Kalicho. Uh, we, we need to just clarify. No, no, I am no, not no, all we, about we, the lines. I have never done the lines. I have no ne- intentions of ever doing the lines. We clarify anything. You just keep your eye on those lines. Um, oh, look, I did listen to the first couple of uh, FTWs, and um, it's like watching your team play when you're injured and you're thinking, oh, here they go, they're gelling, they're clicking, they're back and forth, it's all happening. What can I bring to the team when I, when I get the call up, once I'm back and fully fit? And I thought, don't have the intelligence of, of Josh. I don't have the football knowledge of uh, Tommy. I'm not a good line watcher uh, like Kalichi. Uh, um, so we're talking got, about the lines on a football pitch so, there? Or? Yes, exactly. And so just he's a good linesman. Just watch yeah, it. Actually, I think I'm probably line, a better yeah. linesman than Kalichi, but well, that's the story for another day. Um, I thought what I can bring is maybe some laughs, but then I thought I'm not that funny either, so I, I thought I'll give that to you, Josh. What's your go-to joke? My go-to joke? Okay, good. You're not funny Jesus, either. No, um, so, so I thought, so I don't have the, the comedy, but I do have pedantry. That's what I bring. I bring the a level of detail. Like last week, no one pulled up Dumba when he said, in, in pursuit of Daryl Nickel this year, he might have to start taking corners and free kicks. I thought, mate, corners aren't going to help you score too many goals. You want to be in the box for the corners. And, and no one picked him up on that. And that's... That maybe, maybe, maybe that's just a sign of his confidence. He's thinking about those Olympic goals. I, I, He's thinking yeah. he can score five goals directly. From and goals. I knew if anyone was going to bring that up, Josh, it would be you. Um, because you are the man that just had a conversation with me about the difference between an error and a mistake. Uh, what did we come up with there? What was the final uh, decision? So my, so my take was that you can have errors on a football pitch, you can have mistakes on a football pitch. And we're specifically talking about goalkeeping, right? Yeah. Um, and in my mind, it was, uh, you know, a mistake is just something that happens. It's a typo. It's an error. It gets out into the email. Uh, and unfortunately, there's some unintended consequences. But the process wasn't wrong. Yeah. The error to me was uh, was the process is wrong. You, you've done something wrong. And that's a bigger thing that you have to fix. As it turned out, we Googled it and it was supposedly the other way. No, around. I think you're, you're getting really confused because I think you're actually right. The error is the... the process the fundamental lack of knowledge and so I, you, I was i was wrong at some point i think you, well, you I, just I thought i was you're, wrong you're, the whole time i think i still think you're wrong yeah somehow somehow you always managed to be wrong um but no we were talking about the young goalkeeper for stern liam price was, was that his name college you'll figure that out i think that was his name um and he for for a young kid had a very good game so we don't want to don't want to be slamming him because he they scored 
four goals against him, which was the final score, Armadale four, Sterling one. Not the first uh, goalkeeper that's had a bunch of goals put past him by Armadale in this uh, pre-season. Now they are four on the bounce, 3-1, 3-1, 3-1, 4-1 tonight. They're through um, to the semi-finals as well, which are, is an incredible yes. achievement for Armadale. They get the opportunity to go through another cup after the heartbreak of the, uh, and, of the cup final And I'm not one to get carried away, but I think they're going to win the league. Um, <laughs> four games into the uh, the night series. Who, who tipped them to? Did you tip them for relegation <laughs> last year? Yeah, and now I've gone full circle. Um, this is I, I don't know if this is uh, appropriate or just a dramatic overcorrection. <laughs> well, yeah, uh, go, call it what you will. Um, you reckon it's he's trying to make up for his mistake or his error? Oh, very good, Kalichi. We are back. Here we go. It's good to know. It's good to know. I, I think that was a fundamental lack of knowledge that led me to thinking they were going to go down. So I'd say it, it was. It was, a, it was a, I think it was a failure process after we saw Coburn and uh, well, actually Coburn ended up alright, but we saw yeah. some of Gwellup's uh, performances Oof. in the night series last year. I don't know how how anybody was uh, was picking Armadale to go down after last well, year's night series. That was the Not other even Gwellup. Did you guys see the Belcatta side at the start of I was, last I was season as well? Say, I was going to say, I could be the stats man and bring in the stats. That was one of the other ideas yeah. I had. <laughs> and then you reel off this, oh, over the 2021 and 2022 seasons, including the night series, Belcatta lost nine to, oh, were winless in 19 games. And it's like, well, I can't compete with those sort of stats either. So... I am not a good stats person. I am a good information person. And someone told me that stat, Sean. So how do I know where to stand? Somebody someone tells, tells me. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, exactly. Um, but you do it well. Um, and uh, that's that's all we can do. Look, uh, I guess we should talk a bit about the football. Um, we've already just basically mentioned the young goalkeeper, who uh, Josh was just ragging all over all game. Um, <laughs> not true. <laughs> not true. We were, not we were true. talking about that one moment. Um, but he made several good saves. But he made several yeah. good saves. However, they will be a much better team once James Bosley comes back. They will be a much better team once the two Evskis come back. Um, because they, yeah, had eight changes or something, I think, probably, to their, their first string team. Um, so, yeah, you can expect a much stronger Sterling coming into the season. So I, you can't read too much into them tonight, can you, Kalichi? No, you, you cannot. And especially when they, like you said, they do have um, Davies out. Um, they do have Dejan Spasevsky out. Yeah. They do have. Sorry, it's an um, Esky and an Evsky. That's why you were looking at me like, you're wrong. <laughs> Jeez. Uh, the pedantry is dialed up a notch, hasn't it? This is what I wanted to bring back to the podcast. We do have Tenevsky out. They had, look, they had quite a few players out. But I think, I think most importantly, um, is you need to give, you need to give Ahmed a little bit of credit here, right. especially considering the performance that they've had the last few weeks as well. It hasn't necessarily been 1-0 wins. So, so sorry, John O'Reilly walks into the room and then you start saying, we've got to give Armadale credit. We've got to give Armadale credit. Why don't you pass the mic over to him, Kalichi? Because <laughs> the great man has just walked in. Um, John O'Reilly is here and uh, four wins on the bounce. 3-1, 3-1, 3-1 and, and now a 4-1. You must be... Sorry, is there another great man in the room now? You're the greatest man. <laughs> oh, great man. All right, I'm happy to bestow the honour. Sorry, my apologies. Let's go. Um, I'm working towards the, the, your greatness, Josh. You, you must be pretty pissed off you can't keep a clean sheet, John. Uh, I was disappointed we didn't keep our lucky 3-1 scoreline. Um, so we had to okay, so you're annoyed that you scored the extra one. Yeah. yeah, I was annoyed when we put it in. I was going to take all the strikers off. Yeah, but in all seriousness, what... Uh, I mean, it is pre-season, and every single pre-season result's always caveated with that. 
but yeah. it, it means something. And, and after a pretty a lot of positives coming out of last season, to go in to a night series and win four on the bounce and, and in convincing fashion, you must be pretty delighted with the way things are going. Oh, look, um, what, what we've been working on with the players is a couple of things. Um, one is, is just understanding like, how to play our systems, our formations, uh, working on our patterns. Like I was looking at the team sheet before we went out tonight and there was only two players there from last year's squad. So um, we, we ended last season thinking that we were going to have a little bit of a top up this year and another crack at it. And then it um, turned into a, a complete rebuild, um, which is what it is. Uh, I don't have a, a problem with that. Um, but yeah, so um, we've really been just trying to get the players gelled. Um, for the night series, like you literally take every game one at a time in the sense that it's glorified friendly. You know, there's five friendlies to play um, before it turns into a proper competition. Um, and we've said that from the start. It's like, right, we've got five games to play. Um, let's learn from every game and then when we get to the uh, if, if we get to the semi-final stage then all of a sudden we start taking it seriously and I think you'll find most clubs do that you know it's not serious until you get to the semis and then now that we're in a semi-final we get an opportunity to practice winning a final series potentially so that, that's what we've been working towards and as I said to the boys tonight we've got over the first hurdle and now we have a new challenge to look forward to going forward. Look, um, you, you mentioned that you did have quite a few new players into the squad and we looked up and saw that Chris Jackson was, was wearing the, the captain's armband today. We looked into midfield and we saw Daniel Robinson in there playing in the six, playing in the eight and almost playing in the ten um, at, at some times as well, like doing, doing whatever, whatever he kind of feels like doing. Um, what, what's it like adding those players? Because you see, you see, I think, one of the players that have benefited from that and has a little bit more time and space on everyone focusing on them is, is Peter. Um, and he's been on the score sheet, I think, every single game so far or, or maybe three of the last four games. Yeah, look, um, bringing in new players such as Chris, bringing in Robbo, etc., it, it brings in a different level. We're able to play a little bit more football. We're, we're trying to create time for other players by utilising their strengths. Um, but look, I don't, there's some household names like you mentioned, um, Chris Jackson and, and um, Robbo. There's also some players like Ethan, Ethan Levitt that's come in. Like He was um, a bit of a forgotten man. He was playing at nights several years ago, had a bad injury, was out for a couple of years. Last year he was at Canning City. Now he's played four night series games in a row um, and he looks like uh, he's going to be competitive for that spot for the season uh, you've also got Lachlan Collins you know he's at well up last year they got relegated so even though we're bringing in some key players um, that will definitely change the team and how we play and the dynamics we have we still have those Armadale players those diamonds in the rough and, and um, yeah look, I think Lachlan Collins is going to be a big, big part of what we do this year as well uh, and then we've got a couple of unknowns with um, Connor Walsh and, and, and Tim Berger coming in as our visa players, uh, and they just they just give us something a little bit different, something we haven't had before. Um, you know, command and centre back with the height, and then we've got a, a, a classy midfielder. So I think this season's going to be exciting. You know, how far we go, well, time will tell. But I think it's definitely going to be exciting. Just before I pass to Josh for a question, I, while you're on the new players, while you're on Robbo, um, in particular. Well, Got to go back to Rob, I was just talking to the mm. old man then, reckons you've been a bit of a fan of his for a while, maybe been tapping him on the shoulder for, for a bit, and you've, um, you've convinced him now to, to come over. Um, as, as someone who's, who's closest to Armidale and Coburn, the two teams that I get down to see the most, I, he's a really exciting player, and he's, he's, I sort of mentioned before, he can be one of those players that drifts into that sort of mode of just sort of being all over the place and doing a little bit of everything, and 
but it always feels like that he's he's ready to explode or do something uh, something brilliant. Something and and what's the secret to unlocking that with with Daniel Robinson? What what are you, what are you going to do to get to get the best out of him this year? Well, look, first of all, about Dan, Dan Robinson himself. Um, yeah, I've, look, I've always been an admirer of, of him. Plus, you know, any good player, but he's been a real like shining star in the league for the last couple of years. And eventually, we get to work together. And um, when I look at him play and how I watch him play, he reminds me of like a George Best, you know, with his socks down and, and just he enjoys being a flair player. He enjoys having that luxury of, of grace. Uh, and I guess one thing that you don't get to see, and as a football fan, I get to appreciate now when I, I watch him at training twice a week, is there's more to his game. There's all these little things. There's his his, his, uh, his culture, how he wants the players to play around him, etc. So I get to see a little bit deeper into the, the player himself. Um, getting the best out of him is, is, is look for someone who's got got his own way of playing. There still has to be parameters. There still has to be boundaries because you can't just have somebody free balling it out on the pitch. But at the same time, you don't want to stifle him. So it's, it's basically creating a system and a style around him that he understands and, and buys into, but at the same time, it allows him to have freedom to to express himself and do the things he, he does. Yeah, well, I'm really looking forward to seeing him play in the red and black this year, Josh. Uh, so you've had a couple of years of real consolidation uh, in mid-table with the club, and I know we spoke about the diamonds in the rough when you came on the show last year, and we also spoke about how you maybe weren't in the market for the same sort of players as the Bayswaters and, and the Perth and Florence and those sorts of clubs. Do you feel like with the success or relative success the club's had the last couple of years that you're in a, a bit of a different stratosphere now that you're able to attract those senior players because uh, you know they don't look down on a club like Armadale anymore? You've added a bit of shine to the club as well. Glamorous <laughs> a bit of polish. Yeah. Yeah, look, I definitely think that, that our, our improvement over the years makes it a lot easier to have conversations with players now. Um, what I'd like to say about like about this year with the recruitment, it was a little bit more specific this year because we had a little bit more back in from the club um, financially. We looked at players that were actually close to the area. So it wasn't just a random shotgun approach. There's like several players that were close to the Armadale area. So we specifically went out for them, put offers on the table. We got two, three players that decided to come to us. And there's a little bit of both. Once you get a couple of players coming in, you create a little bit of a domino effect. Once people, players realize that there's something new happening, something exciting potentially unfolding, then it gets a lot easier then to, uh, to get more people to, to sit at a table and listen to what your plans are. Well, can't thank you enough again for jumping up and joining us, uh, John. We'll hopefully speak to you a few times throughout the season. and. Yeah, we're really looking forward to seeing Armadale this year. Uh, we don't want to go too much into our predictions, but I think I might be saying uh, outsiders for that top <laughs> Way four. Way too early for that conversation, Outsiders mate. for the top four is my call. Like, yeah, he literally just, gonna... just sort of saying that they want to win the league, mate. <laughs> yeah. I, they, they, were, they were having a go at me for saying, you're picking you for relegation last year, and now I'm picking you for the league. And... It's just one big, over-elaborate apology. <laughs> Look, I've, I've occasionally been wrong. What I won't be wrong about, though, I'm about to, I'm, I won't be here for the full-time whistle of the uh, Floria game, but I'll give you my Sean Stradamus prediction uh, that that one will be 2-1 Floria. So in 10 seconds, you're going to hear the guys log back on Tommy on for, for that one. Or no, Tommy's not around, so it's just going to be you two. All right, so I'm just going off injured. Uh, I'm just going to storm off down the tunnel and uh, leave you guys to, yeah, 2-1 Florida, that's the call. Um, it was 4-1 Armadale, fourth win in a row. Great start of the pre-season for them. Uh, I will bid you adieu and uh, the boys will be back with part two.
and we are back for part two. Um, it's going to be a truncated part two, but before we do that, firstly, massive thanks to John for coming on and um, giving us some insights with Armadale. Obviously, they're through to the semi-final. Um, do we have anything to say on Sterling? Because that felt like a huge part about Armadale, which is absolutely fine because we had John on, but anything to say on Sterling aside from missing quite a few players? Yeah, I think we touched on it before. Spaseski, Tanevsky, Giles Davies, James Bosdett all sitting on the sidelines. Um, the one thing that would probably be really pleasing for Sterling... Fernell as well. Oh, Fernell as well. The one thing that would be really pleasing for Sterling is the uh, return of Ryan Moulton. Left back, missed most of last season, I think got about a third of the way through the season and had, I think it was a broken leg. Yeah, it was uh, in really fact, we, had, we had him, we had him in, the, in, the in, the, stu- in the studio. Not quite in the booth, but in, in the, the studio, studio. Walking around in his moon boot, didn't we? Um... Uh, last year so he was actually pretty decent when he came on he stopped a couple of good chances for Armadale but geez Armadale had so many chances towards the end of that game even with players out uh, and no Palmateer as well even with players out uh, Ferguson and his coaching team couldn't have been happy with just how easily Armadale carved Sterling open in that second half no they, they wouldn't I was going to say in, in terms of another positive that they could take from that game was um New striker Kingsley Eshin, he he looked a lot more lively in that first half. I don't think you caught the the, the first half, but in that no, I first, didn't catch half, any of the first half, yeah, so you're, you're going to have to fill us in there <laughs> in, because uh, it, I'm driving blind. In that first half, he had some really powerful touches out on the wing, um, and had a really good chance where he beat a man, ball got played into him. Sorry, ball got played into him, beat a man, and hit a shot narrowly and agonisingly wide. Um, but yeah, that is it for part one. Part two. The score doesn't necessarily matter right now because the most important thing is that Floriot did not win 2-1 and Nastra and Storm Stradamus is not, Sean Stradamus, sorry, is not correct. The final score was Floriot 3, um, Bayswater, sorry, Floriot Athena 3, Bayswater City 2. It was a cracker of a game. Uh, no, I, like, we don't know how, how do you summarize a game where there's three goals, there's red cards, Sammy Dway's having an absolutely fantastic time. Um, Saldaris is pulling out saves from, from his keister to, to stop Dumamikechi. And again, like I say, all of that, as important as it may be, is all irrelevant because Sean is not correct. I can't emphasize uh, how close we were to not even bothering with this part two. <laughs> yeah, we were like, well, sure, we were standing there 10 minutes from time just going like, well, Sean's already told us what happened. Uh, it, it's already done. We're done. This game's done. It's 2-1. We're actually shutting down the Perth Football Podcast. This is just going to be Sean's, uh, Sean's tips for all the gamblers out there. I, I literally was thinking, how am I going to edit Sean out of that? <laughs> how am I going to edit Sean like, out of that? How am I going to make Yes. Is this a mistake or an error? Um, but yeah, let's let's be serious for a little tiny bit before we go, because it is pretty late. And we are having... Uh, what? Mythos? Myth- yeah, I, I had one of these before. I got a... Uh, I, I, got, I got told before how bad my manners were. Rightly so. I should have bought you one before. I was having one when we were uh, when we were talking to John earlier. Some shameful, lovely, shameful stuff, mate. Here's here's the one thing I do want to say. We have the mythos in front of us. So much of the history of football in Australia and Western Australia is about the ethnic communities that have made the game, uh, and and that have been so involved in building their clubs up. And one thing I love seeing is when they've got. The beer of the motherland. Yes. Stocked up in the bar. And there's multiple options that you go. It's not just the mythos. There's multiple options you can 
go for it, the Athena bar. You can get the Savlaki. Oh, it's delicious. Uh, I, I love it. And I'm going to give a shout-out uh, for the club that I play at, for, for Maccabi, for Lafalo Mizi. I love it when the uh, the local community, the, the ethnic community the club's based from is represented in the food that's offered there. So uh, keep that up, keep serving the mythos, and we'll keep downing them. Well, we absolutely will. In terms of downing them, um, we had a red card in this game, and it was a pretty bad tackle. It ended up leading to, a, a, we want to say, a kerfuffle, fisticuffs, handbags, potentially. I, I, I thought there was a big risk of more red cards yeah. from the follow-through. So Gordon Smith has lost control of the ball, and... Uh, 3-2 right at the end of the game, obviously. Bayswater desperate to keep their very slim uh, night series hopes mm. alive. Uh, and he's just made a desperate tackle on Bailey Brown Montgomery. Now, not, not like Bailey Brown Montgomery to respond, was it? No, really uncharacteristically <laughs> of, of Bailey to, to get up, run, and push someone over. And um, also, really uncharacteristically, um, Declan Hargreaves to have enough energy to run 25 yards and also get involved. Re- restraint, restraint from the referee to decide to give uh, yellow cards for the afters. Gordon Smith was sent off, uh, but plenty of yellow cards laid on in that game. You got the sense that this game was more than, than just a preseason friendly yeah. for the two teams. Look, it, it did feel that way, and I think we, we commented on it speaking to each other as... At certain points in that game, it felt like Bayswater were their own worst enemy, not only in terms of um, their poor finishing at certain points or their poor delivery into the box, but they were knocking on the door for so long and they finally um, managed to make it 2-2 after a great bit of play by Sammy Dway, after Bailey Mont- Brown Montgomery had given Florida lead with a terrific bit of harrying and, and pressing to then win the ball and to score. So now the score is 2-2, but the last 15 minutes prior to it being 2-2 had all been Bayswater knocking, knocking, knocking. And then just disaster. They fail to clear one ball, make another sloppy pass in the midfield. Floriot breakthrough. And my favourite player at, at Floriot right now, just in terms of his attitude and the way he plays, McManus just absolutely uh, entraps so to speak he, 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 he traps Specker Specker brings him down and it's a penalty what did you what did you make of all of that oh, Specker shouldn't have gone to ground because uh, you look at the angle that McManus actually had by the time the challenge is made and there really was no angle if He's running closer to the corner flag he, than he, he is he, to the He, he, was, he was moving goal. away from goal he was moving away from goal and uh, you know the first principle of defending is delay and that went out the door with that challenge. It was a really poor time as well because you think about the emotion for Bayswater. They've just got the goal from Sammy Dwey, a really lovely 1-2 when it looked like he was running into a mm. cul-de-sac. Uh, just a, a little turn of speed and the finish slammed home into the top corner. It takes Adaris. a lot to get past Adaris as well. Oh, it, it was a great goal and it was it was building, it was building, it was building. You, you looked at it from that point and you thought, Man, Bayswater have to be the favourites to get something out of the game because Florida hadn't offered a lot for about 20 minutes prior to that. Mm. But with that challenge, it, it just... And, it, and it, it seemed like a bit of a brain fade, not necessarily from the goalkeeper, but from the team collectively to, to wind up in that situation right after scoring a goal. And it's something that 100% has to be fine-tuned before Bayswater get to the start of the season. Because if you think about the way they tumbled out of the top four at the end of last year. Absolutely. They had that, they had that game against Floriot where they could have gone within three points 
uh, of the top I think of the they table. were up to one at one stage. Well, they were up three two, and then they conceded the. That they conceded the the penalty when when the keeper got sent off, yeah, and and ended up three three, and that was the difference between, you know, being six points back with four four games or five games to go, and, and really being out of the running, and also being, being three points, back. being three points, and being within one or two good results of holding the trophy. Yeah, um, in terms of Florid, I think I think today was a was a, a different gravy showing. They had Saldaris missing, Chris Saldaris missing. Um, they had Shamaki Masin. Um They didn't have Jesse Fuller. And the way that they battled, the way that they stayed in the game, the way that they, especially when, when Bayswater were knocking on the door, the way the likes of Arnold, Ambrosio, Boy, they all had clinical touches and clinical moments where they showed a little bit of class and a little bit of experience. So Ambrosio didn't show any nerves on that penalty, oh, did he? Didn't, didn't, and and that's the second week in a row that he's put out, put away a penalty. I thought I thought Arnold was superb, and especially in moments when it got really chaotic and they needed someone to take a touch, to slow things down, to win a foul, to 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 make a tackle. He was superb in that. Um, and it's yeah, it's it's interesting for this side because typically when a team wins the league, you're looking at them for the second year and thinking, ah, uh, do they still have it? They've finished climbing the mountain. Do they still have the enough energy to come back down the mountain, climb the mountain again? Um, you know, last especially all the success that they had last season. But you're looking at them now, and it's it's going to take some beating. I'm I'm not like I don't I don't know what keeps them away from being favourites this year. I think the big question for Floriot uh, is going to be the depth, and it's what do they do if they have those injuries again through the middle of the year? We know Bobby Petkov's out. We don't know how long mm. that's going to be. That, that that could be a longer injury. That could be a shorter one. Um, we know uh, that last year they had that dip in form through the middle of the year, which coincided with Petkov's injury, with McManus's injury. Uh, there they were able to find... Uh, they were able to find some reinforcements. They brought Lat Matiang back to the club from Perth, uh, and the young man really stepped up through the latter part of the season. He's gone. He's at Perth Glory now. Yeah. Uh, do they have those players waiting in the wings that we just don't know about who, who are there ready to step up when uh, some of their, their, their leading lights uh, get injured or, or, or maybe some of the players that, that are another year on, do, do they have to have games where... Uh, you know, they, they, they sit on the bench for a little bit longer or do they have games where they're maybe not up to it because they've gone hard the week before. So I think that's going to be the question for Florida. But the evidence of the night series is there's still a force to be reckoned with and you've got to think that they're, they're up there among the challenges. They've got, they've got match winners in the entire team. They've got really good experienced players. They've got Palmer, who was superb in defence again today. Gallen, who is just his, the same miserly, wily self, wily uh, crafty veteran. Saldaris so, so always give you confidence in goals. Every single time as well. And, and in terms of Bayswater, um, positives they can take back from this game is they, they created so many chances and half chances as well. And to do that without Sparta, who who was just that he's, he's a different kind of spark in terms of the energy that he brings a team, in terms of the drive that he brings a team, in terms of an added bit of quality um, that's on the ball, on set pieces, as well as someone that you have to contend with and defend and, and someone that, you know, if you've got Sparta on one side, Dway on the other side, or Sparta on one side, Kamara, uh, Kamara on the other side, Steins in the middle or, or moving all over the place in Smith, it's, it's a lot to contend with. So, you know, if he's back... 
um, in that side, especially with Dway as well. I mean, I'm all over the place here, but just give me a couple words on Dway because he, he felt like this like this black hole where the ball just was drawn to his side and sometimes the delivery wasn't there, wasn't quite perfect. He's getting yelled at by Smith. He's getting yelled at by McKechie. But then at the same time, he puts a couple crosses in, has some chances and then scores an absolute blinder. He's got a bit of the Houdini about him, but it's like the Houdini where you're not you're not always confident you know he's going to get out of the escape act. Yeah. Like... Um, you know, it, it doesn't always come off, and he is a really young player, and we need to remember that. But he created one really good chance for Ndombe Mikeche, which Mikeche wasn't able to be to put away, and we spoke about how, I don't, I don't know, Ndombe's uh, desperation to get that score back to 2-2 at that point may have played a role in him snatching, was snatching a couple of those yeah. shots. Yeah. Um, but he has that ability to just shift gears. He's got that incredible pace. Uh, he gave, uh, I think it was Philip Minich who, who was on him, he gave him an absolute run around in that left-back spot. And uh, I think Minich probably would have been happy to see the game be done with a player of the pace and trickery of Dwayne running at him. So he's clearly going to be a, a work in progress when it comes to finding that final product, you know, 90% of the time versus finding it 50 60% of the time. But if he can do that, he's going to be an incredibly strong addition to Bayswater. I, I don't think the concerns they're going to have are going to be on the attacking end because they have a lot of attacking weapons, but it's another three goals conceded. We spoke last week, I think, about that Perth game where they were dominant against a pretty um, undermanned Perth team. But on the flip side, they must have been you know, worried in the back of their heads about the three goals they conceded in a game that they dominated last week. And you saw again today that they do have some issues to clear up on the defensive end. What they have to do, I mean, we don't know what they have to do before the season starts to make sure that isn't a problem during the regular season. But it's definitely a theme that we've seen throughout the night series. Yeah, I think it might just be a case of getting a bit of balance because, I mean, we've mentioned this before, but when you do have Hargreaves as your only traditional midfielder there are going to be some gaps in there and Florida we're able to take advantage of that at some times they're able to counter at some times and get on the ball but I think overall this has just left me really excited to see where the league season goes and especially this game Floriot versus Bayswater with what happened last year with what's just happened now um, on, on the pitch that's going to be fireworks again and the flip side of it for Bayswater is Floriot did have a lot of first team players out on the pitch today and Florian were the benchmark last year. So they've run with the benchmark of the competition for basically the full 90 minutes of the game, and it was close, and they probably shaded the better of the chances in the second half. Definitely. So, well, yeah, so shaded the, they, they definitely had the better of the chances in the second half. They just didn't put them all away. So uh, there, there are a lot of positives to take out of the game for Bayswood as well. We should say, because I know you were looking at the clock before, because it's, it's very late. Right now, it's very late, and the mythos can only carry us so far. So far. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, but we should say uh, the early game at Dalmatnat Park. I, I know Sean will tell me I'm not saying that right, because uh, he's from the local community down there, the south. The south? <laughs> the southeast? <laughs> the south. Uh, and uh, it was 4-1 to Perth, uh, yeah. according to the score that I saw against Balcata. Um Your boy brought it on home. Sam Cook, he did bring it on home. He got uh, he got a brace, so uh, some pleasing stuff there for Perth that they finally get a win there 
in the night series. There's still one fixture to go for all these teams. Is mm. that Floriot and Armadale both through now? I don't think Floriot are guaranteed through we can probably I might be wrong on that we'll have a look and check and if that's wrong then it's wrong but yeah I'm not too sure if, if Florida through just yet I think there's one more game obviously left for them are they playing have they played have they have they played Armadale I don't I don't think the Armadale I don't think Florida played Armadale yet I might be wrong on that too though that might be spicy this might be the mythos talking. This might be the mythos talking. Ladies and gentlemen, you might be getting a lot of two minutes of hot garbage here, which, which might be edited, which might not be edited, depending on how well I get home and, and how well the sleep is. But it has been another great night of football. We've had Sean come back on the pod. Thanks to John O'Reilly for having us. Thanks to the good people here at um, E&D Leaders for giving us a little space to, to chat our nonsense and giving us uh, enough mythos to keep the podcast running. Josh, any final words? Um, if, if you're ever wondering what you have to do to, to get us round uh, to your club and, and make sure that we, we, we stick the whole time, just uh, pay us in mythos. Please don't pay us in mythos. <laughs> pay us in money. We would love to have pay us, some money. Pay us in money, which we can then convert into mythos. Or, or, or I don't know can... how this just became an ad for a... A, a sponsor. A, an imported beer. Or, or you could just pay us some money and we can make this podcast better. How about, <laughs> how about that? How about you do that? Uh, I'm Kilicho Sunwa. Say goodbye, Josh. Uh, see you all later, guys. And see you all later from me, Toodle Uski.